How much do you currently know about the buying process? What do you know about pharmacy valuation? What do you know about getting finance, financial results, even how to read the financial statements of a pharmacy? Really assessing where your knowledge gap is. So how much do you know? What do you need to know? So what's that knowledge gap? And then ask yourself, well, how am I going to address that? How am I going to learn those things? Hi, I'm Natalie Suriani, Director of Attain Pharmacy Business Brokers, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PDCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN Podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. Buying a pharmacy can be one of the biggest investments a pharmacist can make during their career. And in our current economic climate, it's never been more important for prospective buyers to take careful, considered steps when preparing to purchase. Whilst we know that pharmacists are outstanding clinical professionals, this doesn't always translate into business expertise and the long road to pharmacy ownership can seem quite daunting for many prospective owners. Fortunately, the Guild is committed to supporting new owners of community pharmacies and partners with industry experts to deliver the latest information and advice. Today, we welcome back one of these experts, Natalie Siriani, Director of Attain Pharmacy Brokers, to help guide us on the pathway to community pharmacy ownership. As a pharmacy business expert, Natalie provides aspiring owners with the highest level of service and support during the buying process. Here's Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Welcome back to the show. And I say welcome back because you have joined us and shared your expertise way back in episode five. So thanks very much for joining us today to kick off 2021. And there's obviously been some big events in the business landscape since 2018 when we last spoke. So to get us going, it'd be great if you can give us a bit of a rundown on the current issues and trends and the context in the environment that we're seeing in pharmacy at the moment. Thanks for having me back on the podcast. It's great to be back. Definitely since we last spoke in 2018, it's been a, a crazy time in pharmacy and obviously 2020 um, has been uh, very crazy from a ph- pharmacy business performance and pharmacy market um, point of view, just like everything else. And obviously today I'm going to focus my points on the financial aspects um, of what, what's been happening because um, that's where my expertise is. But obviously I don't mean to undermine the, you know, the mental and health and community aspects of um, what 2020 was and definitely a, a big thank you to all the pharmacists for, for everything they've done on the front line of this pandemic um, yeah. throughout the year and continue to do as well. So um, I will focus my attention on farm, on the financial side, but like I said, I don't mean to undermine that side of it. Um, from a financial point of view, 2020 has been um, there's really been three key issues that have affected both pharmacy financial performance as well as the market. And when I say the market, I mean the pharmacy business uh, purchase and sale market. Um, Obviously, the first one being COVID. So what we've seen is that COVID has really um, produced sort of a two-tiered market when we look at the financial performance of pharmacies. And that's mainly just been uh, due to the location of the pharmacy. So, um, Obviously, where the pharmacy is located, state in in a particular state, um, based on their lockdown criteria. Uh, here in Victoria, where I am, the lockdowns obviously lasted a lot longer than they were in in WA and and Tassie and places like that. So, the pharmacies in Victoria have obviously been affected differently to those other ones. Um, 
Secondary to that, whether your CBD location, metro, rural, of course, with people working from home, um, the CBDs have been very hard hit um, and pharmacies in those areas in particular. Um, so that kind of shopping centre aspect to it or, or CBD, metro, rural. And then when we look at the shopping centre location as well, um, whether people are located in strips, uh, large shopping centres or smaller community shopping centres has really varied the results. Um, and probably the hardest hit ones, of course, have been the CBD pharmacies and those large shopping centre pharmacies where customers have been hesitant to go to, um, particularly if the pharmacy isn't located close to the supermarket in the centre, um, then those ones have been the hardest hit. But as a general rule, um, the community pharmacies uh, in the suburban locations, whether it be strip or smaller shopping centres, the rural pharmacies has actually done quite well out of COVID from a financial point of view. Um, so overall, the industry has done um, relatively well. And that obviously comes down to pharmacy being um, an essential service and being continued allowed to continue to operate, you know, throughout the, the harshest of lockdowns that we faced here in Australia. So overall, the financial results um, were good, but what we saw is a lot of variation in performance. Um, the other thing from a market point of view that COVID highlighted was the strength of community pharmacy as a business and the relatively low risk that we have in community pharmacy compared to other industries out there. So when we went into those harsh lockdowns, as I mentioned, community pharmacy was able to keep operating. Um, and that's something that I'm hearing more and more from buyers, that they're keen to get in the market and they can see the benefit of the business itself and the relatively low risk compared to other small to medium businesses out there. Um, so that's definitely improved demand from the market point of view. Um, and positivity is quite high from the market. But again, it's, it's really a two-tiered market depending on how the pharmacy is performing. The second key aspect is um, the seventh community pharmacy agreement being signed. Um, and obviously that was a phenomenal effort from the Guild to get it signed um, in the midst of a pandemic. And obviously prior to that, we had the bushfires as well. So um, it was you know, fantastic that they were able to get it signed by that 30 June cutoff. But overall, um, it's a really positive outcome, the 7CPA from my point of view. It provides certainty for the next five years. And for someone coming into a business, um, that's obviously really critical for them, knowing uh, that we're, we've got locked in for the next five years. And overall, it's quite positive. You know, there was talk of the double dispensing um, and things like that uh, late last year. Oh, no, sorry, late 2019, um, early 2020, and to not have that in was a, a really good thing. So overall, that's been a, a really positive thing for the market as well. Um, and then the final thing has been uh, record low interest rates. So the interest rates that we're seeing at the moment are just phenomenal. Um, the, the interest rates that people are getting on their pharmacy loans are very low, uh, very similar to what people are getting on their home loans as well. Um, so overall, that means that... Um, We've got low interest rates. We've got good good access to capital as well, which is meaning the returns that people get on their pharmacy is better, um, and therefore it's a it's a positive for the market. So overall, despite I guess everything that's got been going on around us, um, from a financial point of view, pharmacy's been performing well. Um, like I said, it's not to discount that. Um, there's definitely a two-tiered market out there, and and some people are really struggling during this time, um, but. You know, we're very lucky that, of course, we're essential service and, and being able to operate throughout um, and definitely, yeah, 
overall, the results are, are positive for pharmacy and positive for the market. Very positive. There's a lot going on there. It's certainly a dynamic time for community pharmacy. And we've all had a lot of opportunities to talk about the last 12 months for the industry. But given the economic impacts of the pandemic, it'd be great if you could give us a bit of a, a forecast on what you think's on the horizon for pharmacy in this space in the next few years. It's definitely going to be an interesting time moving forward. And I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities, um, particularly coming from COVID, but, um, you know, when you look at the vaccinations and things like that. But also, I think uh, a lot of pharmacists, pharmacy owners and, and business owners in general have looked at COVID as a time to uh, reflect on their business um, and come up with some innovative ideas for, for what to do. So I, I really think the next few years are, are quite an exciting time. Um, from an economic or, or market point of view, um, what we're seeing is that at the moment, we've got really low supply of businesses on the market. Um, and there's no real economic reason for that. I actually thought the supply would increase, but it hasn't as yet. We've got that low supply uh, combined with the high demand due to those three factors I mentioned earlier. So being COVID, the seventh CPA and the record low interest rates. And what that's leading to is a really, really strong market. So if we look forward to forecast what we think is going to happen, um, we run a attain pharmacy market sentiment survey, which is completed by pharmacists and pharmacy owners throughout Australia. And we run that every four months to track, um, you know, what the expectations are on the market and what we think is likely to happen moving forward. So our most recent uh, survey for that one was November 2020. And, and from a supply point of view, um, the responses showed that 31% of pharmacy owners in the sample are looking to sell one of or some of their pharmacies within the next five years. So what that shows is we're likely to have increased supply of pharmacies come to the market. Um, from a demand point of view, what the survey showed is that 62% of the sample, which is, again, both pharmacists and pharmacy owners, are looking to buy A or another pharmacy 29% of the sample looking to buy in the next six months. So what we've got is huge demand, which is um, right now over the next six months and likely to continue um, to the due to those factors that I mentioned earlier. But what we're lucky to have is we're going to have more supply come through, um, which will mean that we'll have more that are able to meet the demand, which is good news um, for everyone from my point of view. Um, in terms of pharmacy business sale prices, um, according to the survey, 58% of the sample think that pharmacy business sale prices will actually increase in the next 12 months and approximately 29% believe that pharmacy business sale prices will stay flat. So again, we're seeing really optimistic views from pharmacists. Like if we were looking at the share market with those kind of results, we would say we'd definitely in a bull market. Um, now, I wouldn't go that far from a pharmacy point of view, but what it shows is that's really positive. Um, the good news is, is we'll likely have more supply coming to the market, um, but what we're seeing in the market at the moment is really um, good results, positive results, um, and the forecasts show that that's likely to continue moving forward, which is, again, great for everyone involved. Um, but obviously, I've got to put a bit of caveat there that we're seeing, as I mentioned, lots of variation. So this is going to be dependent on where the pharmacy is located. Um, but like I said, it, it's really, despite everything that's going on, it's, it's really very positive out there. And um, the good news is it looks like it's likely to continue and, and plenty, of, plenty of opportunity over the next few years, as far as I'm concerned. 
Well, considering all that, Natalie, buying a pharmacy, it's obviously a huge decision and I'm sure you'll agree that owning and running a business is very different to being a pharmacist. With that in mind, it's important that potential owners know what to consider when they start looking for a pharmacy business to purchase. What do you think are some of the questions that potential pharmacy owners really should start to be asking, maybe not just about the business, but maybe even looking at themselves as well and whether it's a good fit owning a pharmacy? I think it's something that's often overlooked, um, but for first-time buyers particularly, it's really critical that you, you focus on yourself more so than the type of business that you're looking for, especially in those early stages of the journey of, of looking to buy. Um, and there's some key key questions you need to ask. So like, how much do you currently know about the buying process? Um, what do you know about pharmacy valuation? What do you know about getting finance, financial results, um, even how to read the financial statements of a pharmacy? Um, really assessing where your knowledge gap is. So. Um, how much do you know? What do you need to know? So what's that knowledge gap? And then ask yourself, well, how am I going to address that? How am I going to learn those things? Um, and is you know, when you buy a business, huge decision, as you mentioned, but there's there's so many aspects to it. So there's the financial side, but then there's also the staffing side, the legals, the leasing, everything. So things like, um, you know, how much do you know about managing staff, leadership, customer service, all those things. And the step from a pharmacist manager to pharmacy owner is a, is a really big one. So it's important that, um, you know, from the very start, like I said, you identify uh, what skills you have, uh, what skills you don't have, probably more importantly, and then how do you take the steps to acquire those knowledge and, and, and learn those things, then it, it will open it up to even more things that you didn't even realise you needed to know. So, um, it's a really important first step. Um, and then from there, once you've done that, then moving to the type of business that you would want to buy. So, you know, what kind of turnover, what kind of price am I looking for? What location? Uh, how much management skills do I have? So how many staff members do I want? Uh, partnership versus sole ownership. How am I going to fund it? Where am I going to get the money from? How will I manage the pharmacy where, once I get it? Um, how often do I want to work? How much input do I want to work? Uh, which advisors will I work with? So choosing your lawyer, your accountant, your finance broker, et cetera. So there's so many things to, to um, ask yourself right from the get-go. And, and that will, as you start looking for the pharmacy and as you start progressing through these steps, the search will narrow. So you'll, you'll funnel it in and bring it in and you'll, you know, switch and change. But it's really important you ask those questions right from the start. And then obviously when you find the business, there's a there's a lot more work to do in, in terms of assessing if the opportunity is right for you. Clearly, there's a bit to think about when jumping into the world of pharmacy ownership. And I feel like we've already covered off so much great stuff in just a sort of 13 or 14 minutes already. But for those who are keen to continue their journey, let's now have a look at ownership options. It's another huge decision whether to go in as a sole operator and buy outright, team up maybe in a partnership or maybe even join a larger group. Natalie, what do potential owners need to think about when making that decision? Definitely, it's really important whether you go into sole ownership, partnership or as part of a larger group, it's, it's really important to look firstly at your preferred 
and personal working style. So do you prefer to work by yourself or do you really enjoy the collaboration with others? Um, also looking at, at what are your long-term plans. So um, do you just want to own one pharmacy, which, which might be relatively easy to do on your own, or do you want to grow it into a group of pharmacies, say two or three or five or, you know, own interstate pharmacies and things like that. So assessing what your long-term plans and goals are will then determine, um, you know, how you, you should go about it as well um, and how you can achieve those plans. So, for example, partnership may be a really good stepping stone if you have relatively low capital or, or cash to put in the business up front. Um, so sometimes your circumstance will dictate what um, what type of ownership is best for you. But it's really important, again, to, to look back to your preferred working style because it's a big decision that you make. Um, generally speaking, people own pharmacies for a long time and, you know, we've sold businesses for some people that have owned a business for 40 plus years. So, you know, you want to make sure that you assess the decision correctly and don't take it lightly. Um, another factor is obviously what opportunities are, are available. So definitely as you first start to look to find a business, I, I recommend that you keep your um, options uh, quite wide um, so that you can assess each opportunity and see what might or might not suit. Um, there's pros and cons to each. So, for example, if you look at a sole proprietor and going in by yourself, Obviously, you can make all the decisions yourself and you get all the rewards yourself as well from financial and, and otherwise. But also then you look at the cons of that. Obviously, you have to do all the work yourself. Um, there's less collaboration. Everything relies on you. So, um, for example, if the unexpected happens and you get sick, then it's obviously all on you to determine how to, how to get out of that and how to address the situation in terms of the continue running the pharmacy. Um, and of course, you're you're taking on all the risk as well. So that's from a, a sole proprietor point of view. But then if you look at a, a partnership option, um, obviously you have the benefits to, to learn from someone that may have already been in the business for many years, um, have them as a mentor and can teach you all the processes, um, which from a first-time buyer point of view can be really helpful. The risk of a partnership then, if you look at it, is obviously um, there's more risk because you're working with someone else and you're taking on the risks of them not, potentially not just in this business but in their other businesses as well um, and there's a lot of legal aspects around that which I won't go into but obviously really important to speak to a, a lawyer about that um, and definitely from my point of view like partnerships we see work really really well in pharmacy and there's been some great successful partnerships that have lasted many many years um, but when they do go wrong it can end up really messy in the disputes. And, you know, that's often when we get called in to sell the business and um, sometimes the partners aren't speaking and we have to go through lawyers and intermediaries or, you know, it might even be in receivership by that stage. Um, and so when it does go wrong, it, it can end up really messy. So one thing I really want to mention there is if you are looking to go into a partnership or a larger group type operation, um, really ensure that you get the legal and accounting advice before you go into anything. Um, I can't emphasise enough. It's really important that you get everything set up first so that if something does go wrong, you've got the processes set out for what needs to be done. Um, and just finally on that, really looking at every opportunity that comes to you um, and assessing whether it is a good opportunity or not. 
often, for example, if, if a pharmacist has been working at a pharmacy for five or ten years and then they're offered a partnership in, um, they kind of can sometimes overlook some of the due diligence aspects or some of the risks associated and, and not do their due diligence to see whether or not it is actually a good opportunity for them. Um, so really make sure you look at every opportunity as it comes to you and you assess it properly rather than just taking it on because it seems like a, a good good opportunity. Make sure you do your due diligence um, to, to get it right. It's good advice because buying a pharmacy is obviously an enormous financial undertaking. And you spoke about interest rates and good access to cash earlier in terms of the current environment. As most prospective pharmacy owners probably won't be paying cash up front for a business, there are a lot of financial decisions to be made along the way. And inevitably, they will probably need to deal with a, a bank or a lender. What does a potential pharmacy owner need to prepare for when they are beginning to negotiate a deal with the bank? The average purchase price for a pharmacy is around $2.5 million. So most people don't have that cash, as you mentioned, and they'll use bank funding to assist with, with the purchase. Um, generally speaking, they'll lend up, sorry, borrow up to around 70% of the pharmacy value. Um, so it's quite a high uh, level of investment that the bank is making in you, lending you that money to buy the business. So Obviously, the bank wants to ensure that you and the business can pay them back. That That's their number one thing. They're investing in you as the business owner, and they're also investing in the business, and they need to make sure that they're going to get their money back that they've lent to you. So first and foremost, you really need to prove yourself and the business to the bank. And this is really critical for first-time pharmacy buyers. Um, if you're a current owner, then you've probably already got a relationship set up with the bank um, and they'll be have a little bit more comfort level around your ability to run and manage your business and their ultimate goal of, of paying back the debt. Um, with As a first-time buyer, this is something that you need to prove um, from day one with your relationship with the bank and, and explain to them that, that you can do that and you have the ability to do that and how you're going to go about it with business plans and, and such like that. So that's really important from a, a first-time buyer point of view. Also having all of your financial information ready to go before you go to the bank. So having all your taxes up to date and complete, having any other financial information that they ask for, having any other background information about, you know, what your history has been in pharmacy, your resume, all those things, having it all ready to go is, is really, really important. And definitely we recommend before you start looking for a pharmacy, try to get pre-approval or some sort of idea for what the bank will lend you. Um, because the worst thing is, is you go out, start looking for a pharmacy, you find the dream pharmacy and then you realise that you don't have the capacity to buy it because um, you don't have the, enough money to be able to afford it and the bank won't lend you enough. So that can be a real issue and, and um, pretty upsetting when it does happen, which I have seen happen before. Um, another tip for that is definitely deal with pharmacy-specific bankers. Most of the banks, um, particularly the majors, all have health-specific teams. They know pharmacy, they know what's going on, um, and there's a lot of great uh, finance brokers that specialise in pharmacy as well that will manage that process for you and relationship with the bank for you. So they're definitely really helpful uh, using pharmacy specialists because they know what they're looking at. They know how it works within the bank. They know all the policies and what will get through credit and what won't. Um, and that, that will really assist. 
And just finally on that, one thing that we're seeing at the moment is the banks are requiring more and more info and the process is taking longer and longer than it ever has in the past. So it's really important that as a pharmacy buyer, you get you get prepared and organised early um, and that will mean that you have much more luck when the, the right opportunity comes along in terms of the pharmacy that you're looking to buy. Is that also important advice because I think sometimes people might think they may be the only person interested in buying that pharmacy and so they don't want to be slowed up if there's competition? Yeah, you're spot on. And especially especially for the good pharmacies, um, at the moment in the current market, we're getting heaps of offers through on the good pharmacies and everyone wants very similar pharmacies. So it's really important. You're 100% right with that. You spoke about using specialists and while not always, most pharmacy transactions will have a business broker involved. Most won't have had experience in dealing with business brokers before, but as a business broker yourself, what tips would you give to pharmacy buyers, those prospective pharmacy buyers, particularly first-time pharmacy buyers when dealing with business brokers? Really important one when you're dealing with business brokers is to remember that, um, so myself as a business broker, we're generally representing the vendor in the transaction. Um, I do represent buyers every now and then, but on the main, we're representing the vendor. That's who we're getting paid by. That's our client. So it's really important to remember as a buyer what we're there for. Uh, out, the legislation states that as a business broker, the rules are that we must do everything in the best interest of our client, who is the vendor or the current owner of the business who's looking to sell. Um, we can't do anything wrong by the buyer, but like I said, we have to do everything in the best interest of our client. That's legislated uh, for what a business broker must do. So always remember that when you're dealing with the, the business broker. They're there to represent the vendor, but they can't do anything wrong by you. Um, another thing to remember is that we get paid on commission. So that means that we only get paid once the business settles. We don't get any money before that. So our goal is to get the transaction completed or settled. Uh, therefore, what we want to do is we want to work with ready and able buyers who we know are going to be able to complete the transaction. Because if the transaction doesn't go through, like I said, we don't get paid, the business doesn't get sold. So make sure, um, particularly as a first-time buyer, that you're really clear with business brokers right from the get-go um, about your experience, your knowledge, your readiness, what research you've done, um, you know, your discussions with bank and your ability to get finance and get and get the deal done. And that will put you in a really good stead when, when dealing with business brokers. Um, be open with the business brokers as well. I often get buyers that are, are nervous to tell me what their budget is or, um, you know, what they can afford. My, my advice is be, be open with the broker because um, they'll respect uh, the level that you're looking for um, and then they'll provide opportunities that will suit. So you're not wasting anyone's time. And, and one thing, my dad told me something very early on in my career, it's been very helpful for me, which is people respect you for not wasting their time. And I think it's very relevant for that uh, pharmacy buyer business broker relationship. Uh, pharmacy is a very small industry. You're going to be dealing with the same business brokers over and over again. Uh, so it's really important that you be respectful of that and respectful of their time, but also don't waste the business owner's uh, time either. Um, definitely keeping regular contact with the business brokers um, and contact everyone, contact all the business brokers that are, are selling in your area um, so that you get the opportunities coming your way. Um, and 
Another one that I see often, particularly for first-time buyers, they're a bit nervous to ask questions about um, the business or about how many offers we've got or or wherever it may be. I would say ask as many questions as you would like. Um, sometimes we can probably answer more questions than you think. Sometimes we may not be able to, but if that's the case, we'll just say that. But definitely ask questions because you'll be able to find out more about the specific scenarios about what's happening. Uh, and just finally on that one, another one is is confidentiality. So um, obviously the sale of business is, is confidentiality is really important part of it. Um, and that's generally, you know, just so that staff and customers don't find out because if they do find out, then it can cause some problems just because there's uncertainty associated with the sale of a business. So um, Vendors and owners uh, really want us as a business broker to maintain that confidentiality and that's why we will get buyers to sign a confidentiality agreement each time. But just as a, as a buyer, it's really important that you respect that, not just for the business broker but as well for the business owner and I think uh, most people would like that, that that would be respected for them once they choose to sell a business and I think it's important that you do that um, for any business out there, to be honest. But they're probably the key things. Um, like I said, pharmacy is a small industry and, and we remember who we deal with and we deal with the same people over and over again. So definitely be respectful and um, and and that will uh, get you a lot of results moving forward. Very good. Now, Natalie, as you mentioned, you represent the vendor, but as with any business purchase, buyers will always be looking to get a good deal, the best deal for them. That's fair enough. Both sides are trying to do that. To get one, it's important that they receive an effective valuation of the pharmacy that they may be looking to purchase. What do you say are the key factors that buyers need to consider when valuing a pharmacy and who do they need to engage with? You spoke about specialists before. I'm curious about whether prospective owners should spend some time studying the basics of business valuation and finance in preparation for this step? Really critical, and I can't emphasise this enough, that pharmacy buyers understand pharmacy valuation and how it works. And there's two factors of that. This will ensure that you don't pay too much for a pharmacy, but it will also ensure that you don't miss out on good opportunities because you're offering too low compared to where the market sits or compared to where the value may be. Um, most offers, when people make offers on a on a pharmacy uh, buy, they'll be subject to finance. So um, a formal bank valuation will be done once your offer is accepted and the deposit is paid. Um, so I'll comment on that side of it first. Um, really important that when your bank valuation is getting done, it's done by an independent valuer. Um, so what we're seeing in the market a little bit at the moment is some business brokers are marketing businesses for sale with a valuation, which is done by a valuer. Um, but it's really important that you understand for that particular valuation, what were the instructions and how was the process completed? Um, so like I said, as a business broker, we're representing the vendor. Um, as a buyer of the business, you should get someone independent the process to do that valuation. If you are provided with a valuation by the business broker, just review those with caution. Take it with a bit of grain of salt and make sure you fully understand what, what's been instructed for that valuation. Once you do get your offer accepted and you've got that um, getting that formal bank valuation done, um, again, uh, make sure you use a pharmacy specialist valuer. Um, and there's a, a few of those around. Uh, Medici Valuations, which is my brother's company, are one that specialise in pharmacy. Um, but there are valuers, other valuers out there that specialise in pharmacy. Just make sure you use a specialist pharmacy valuer because I've definitely seen ones that have come from out of the industry and. Um, 
the methodology that they've used, it just doesn't make sense in pharmacy and what we're seeing in the market. Um, the other thing is the value will be on the, um, the, the bank has a panel of valuers. So depending on which bank you go to, will also determine which value you use. So make sure you know and aware of the value you use, what bank panels they are on before you go ahead. Um, so that'll be once your offer's accepted. But the really important thing for you to understand as a business buyer is when you're making your offer, you need to have a good grasp and understanding on, on how the business will be valued. So like I said, you don't pay too much, but also you don't miss out on good opportunities. Um, and one thing that we always say to, to buyers and particularly first-time buyers is you need to understand what the business is worth to you. So when you're looking at um, pharmacy financial results, it's always at a historical point in time. So you're looking at backwards at the business. As a pharmacy buyer, you need to be focusing on the future. So what do you expect to have in moving forward? And certainly the historical financial results are a way to help you assess what will happen moving forward. But it's really important, for example, if there's a business where you think you can make improvements and make some changes, then that's really good. And you should assess how those improvements and changes are going to impact on the pharmacy valuation moving forward. But then on the opposite side of that, if the business is performing really well at the moment, are you, as a first-time buyer, going to be able to achieve that same level of results? Are you going to be able to manage the staffing costs at that same level? Are you able going to be managed to um, get the same deals from wholesalers and things like that? So you've really got to uh, assess the value and understand the value in your hands and what is the business worth to you? Because that may alter what you're prepared to pay for it compared to what the, the pharmacy valuation may or may not be. So definitely, like I said, employ experts to assist with that formal bank valuation, make sure they're independent, but also you really need to understand the process yourself to ensure that from those first stages, you know what you're dealing with and you know whether it's a good deal or not. Natalie, we know the community pharmacists are exceptional clinical professionals and you touched on it earlier, but there's a huge difference when it comes to owning and running a pharmacy, stepping into the role demands a completely new skill set, both personally and professionally. But with that being said, what are some of the opportunities and avenues of available to pharmacists who are looking to step into ownership that they can access to help improve their management and leadership skills in preparation for pharmacy ownership? A really critical area, Daniel, because like you said, the, the going from the clinical pharmacist to a business owner, really different skill set um, and those leadership and management skills are critical and understanding process as well. So firstly, um, I definitely recommend all the pharmacy conferences that we have. Um, we're very lucky in pharmacy. There's so many conferences available, but particularly APP, uh, Pharmacy Connect, those guild conferences. Um, I know uh, obviously COVID hasn't been a great time for conferences, but there are virtual ones happening as well. But they both have sessions on business management leadership. Um, and it's really important to, uh, to to get that information and specific to pharmacy as well, which is critical, obviously, going into a pharmacy business. Things like this podcast, um, the Guild have a mentor program as well, which can tee you up to current business owners to help you through that mentor process. 
Um, we run a pharmacy ownership ready conference, which essentially covers um, all the steps um, from my financial side of going into uh, pharmacy business. Um, and of course, due to COVID, we couldn't have it this year, but we have moved to a, a video series, which is available now. Um, but then in general as well, there's other business ownership and management courses, which may not be specific to pharmacy, but what is good about them is that you can take things that have worked in other industries and bring them into pharmacy. And I think that's always a really good way to learn um, and make sure you're doing best practice or really efficient operations once you're in the business. Um, I mentioned mentors before. I think that's really critical. I think we're so lucky in pharmacy um, and that people are really generous with their time and pharmacy owners in particular, um, and I have some mentors within the pharmacy space as well that are current owners. Um, but, you know, really as a young pharmacist or a first time buyer, take that, take that opportunity to learn from the current owners because there are some that are really, really successful and, and many of which are really successful and they can give you that knowledge, give you that skill, particularly around the, the management and the leadership. Um, and they've, you know, they've been through those issues before. They've been through the process of buying, managing your first pharmacy, doing staff. You know, it would be unlikely that a problem that you've seen that you're going through, someone hasn't seen before. So um, it's really, really critical. And I think, to be honest, I think that's the best way to do it take advantage of um, of those opportunities. Um, and like I said, the mentors, you know, pharmacists are really, really generous with their time and, and um, you're very lucky in, in this industry for sure. Natalie, this chat has been so full of amazing advice, but it feels like with all the information available, it can be a little bit of a daunting task to even start thinking about buying a pharmacy. Yeah. But for those <laughs> listeners who have caught the pharmacy ownership Bug, let's distill it a bit for some key takeaways or, or focuses. What are the three best tips you could give aspiring pharmacy owners to prepare for the journey to pharmacy ownership? I hope I haven't scared anyone off with all, all <laughs> the information. As you can tell, I get very excited about this stuff, but I, I want to give as much information as I can about the risks and um, what's involved. But you know, the rewards can be really great from business ownership. So definitely a great opportunity. And like I said, I hope I haven't scared anyone off. Um, the, the top three tips for me, number one, definitely use experts to assist that specialise in pharmacy. Um, it will save you a lot of money by them ensuring you you don't make the mistakes. As I mentioned, you know, the average purchase price for a pharmacy is $2.5 million. So making a mistake um, can cost you, you know, sometimes hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of dollars. So um, using experts will ensure that, you know, they've seen it all before, they've been through it all, um, they know um, they know what's going on. Um, and, you know, your lawyer, your accountant, your valuer, um, banker, finance broker, like I said, really important that you use specialists that work in pharmacy. Um, I have seen some buyers use non-pharmacy accountants and lawyers before and valuers for that matter. And it's, it's you know, the, the mistake can be really costly because they don't know about things such as high cost medications and how that can impact on a financial performance of a business and things like that. So definitely um, use experts that specialise in pharmacy to assist you through the process. Number two, despite Number one, using experts, make sure you do your research and understand what's going on yourself. So 
it's your money on the line. You always have to remember that. The lawyer and accountant are going to advise you, but at the end of the day, it's your money you're taking on the risk. So make sure you know what's going on. Um, listen to podcasts like this. Uh, there's plenty of research uh, resources online. Um, like I said, the Pharmacy Ownership Ready Conference. Um, we've got the APP, Pharmacy Connect, all those things. Um, and it's your money. You really need to know what you're doing from that point of view um, is my second tip. And then number three is to network. Most pharmacy buyers, that the biggest uh, issue that comes up for them is finding the right opportunity. And the best way around uh, getting around that is just to network, network, network. Um, opportunities can be hard to come by, but the more you put the word out there that you want to buy, the better. So speak to all the business brokers that work in your state. Uh, network with other pharmacy owners through the conferences, um, through uh, you know guild events, through um, anything pharmacy related. Uh, speak to accountants and um, lawyers and other industry participants like wholesalers, uh, drug reps and things like that that um, that work in the pharmacy industry just to get the word out there that you're looking to buy. Um, and if appropriate as well, speak to your current employer. You know, you might not be wanting to go into partnership with them or it might not be the right opportunity or whatever it may be, but they have lots of colleagues that would be current pharmacy owners as well that may be looking for junior partners or considering selling or whatever it may be. So get the word out that you're looking to buy. Um, opportunities will come that th to those that do the work and, and for those opportunities that do come, the awards can be really great. As I said earlier, you're a business broker, having helped many a pharmacist into pharmacy ownership. As such, if people want to find out more about how you can help and what you can do, how do they find you? How can they get in contact and keep the conversation going? I'm really here to help. Um, I think the key thing is that for most pharmacists, they go through a, a business transaction once or twice during their career. Um, and so it's it's not something you do every day, but this is literally what I'm doing every day. So I'm here to help. Um, if listeners want to find out more about buying or selling a pharmacy um, or my contact details, it's all on our website. So www.iattain.com.au. That's I-A-T-T. AIN.com.au. Um, also on the website, we have blogs about the pharmacy market that we write every fortnight, um, video market updates that we regularly prepare so we can give you updates on the current market conditions and what's happening out there, uh, detail about our events, and then, of course, my contact details. And as I mentioned, I'm really here to help. Uh, please reach out. Um, you know, the journey to buying a pharmacy is can be a long and, and difficult one. And, and like we've covered today, there's a lot to cover. So definitely reach out if there's any questions. I'm more than happy to help. Natalie Siriani, Director of Attain Pharmacy Business Brokers. Thank you so much for coming on the show and providing some amazing insights and advice into pharmacy ownership, especially in the context of the current environment. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks very much for having me. The Pharmacy Guild of Australia is committed to ensuring that potential pharmacy owners are supported throughout their pharmacy ownership journey. The buying and selling guide available to both members and non-members provides insightful advice on all aspects of establishing and running a pharmacy business. Developed in collaboration with industry experts and advisors, the guide outlines a seven-step process that includes valuable information on finding the right pharmacy, key financial decisions, management skills, and more. Visit guild.org.au and search Buying and Selling Guide. Guild Ed produces educational resources to assist current and prospective pharmacy owners buy, develop, and run their business. These include business planning modules, 
short courses on purchase processes and transition of ownership, and webinar presentations by industry experts outlining the pharmacy business landscape. Visit guildedguild.org.au to find out more. Attain business brokers are experts in pharmacy. Prospective pharmacy owners can access the Pharmacy Ownership Ready video series, which provides information on valuation, financing, legal, leasing, and more. It's the perfect resource for first-time pharmacy buyers. Find out more through iattain.com.au forward slash events. That's iattain.com.au forward slash events. Be sure to also visit the Attain blog, which includes articles about buying a pharmacy and the Siriani Market Update video series via Natalie Siriani's Facebook page. Just head to Facebook and search for Natalie Siriani Business Broker. And that's Siriani spelled S-I-R-I-A-N-N-I. I've been your host, Daniel Loyston, and you've been listening to episode 66 of the PBCN Podcast. The PBCN Podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.